This is wild. 45% of people between ages 18 to 29 still live with their parents. Yeah. They feel left behind by the economy, and they also see everybody trying to not age. So oh, please, get a job. No, but they have You know, you know. You know, you know. Oh. Um. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's the morning when I'm recording this, but you guys are going to see this in the evening, so good evening. Um, So far, I've had a great day. I had Chick-fil-A breakfast this morning. My belly's full. I'm good. I have coffee, and we're, so we're about to get into it. This is a hell of an episode. <clears throat> um, Yeah, man, the uh, past couple days have been pretty good. I had a lady compliment me on my mustache, and she I was in Ace Hardware, and this clerk she was, you know, ringing out all the items I had, and she goes, out of nowhere, and this lady's like my age, and she goes, wow, you have a tremendous porno mustache, like, you look like you should be a cop, and I'm not gonna lie, I blushed, <laughs> I blushed, um, I was, I was honored, and I just felt like I've made it as a person, like, a lot of people have different staples in the way that they look, and this is my staple, and I rock it. My mom hates it. My girlfriend hates it. My family, they all hate it. I'm not going to lie. They, they all hate it. And they shit on me. And it's like when other people compliment me on my mustache, it makes me feel like I want to be traded. Because like I'm not appreciated in my role, apparently, by my family and my significant other and just everybody around me. And so I trade me to a different situation where I'm appreciated. That's kind of how I feel right now when it comes to my mustache. So it's very disheartening to see the people that I love hate something that I love so much as well. It's just like being gay. Um, You know, gay people, uh, I would imagine some of their families aren't cool with them being gay. Uh, Them loving another man. um, That's just like this is. So it's either the mustache or or my family. And I think I'm going to choose the mustache. Anyway, we got a hell of a show for you guys today. Um, a lot of controversy is happening with the boomers. Uh, let me wind that back. I bought a gym membership recently, right? It's cold as shit outside where I live in America. And I didn't want to have to work out in the garage because we have a little, little workout gym set up in the garage. So I buy a YMCA membership, which is fine. I go into the locker room. And upon my arrival in the men's locker room, I look to my left where I'm going to put my stuff down into a locker. And so I look to my left, boom, butt-ass naked old man just sitting on the bench, dick and all. You couldn't see the dick because his stomach was kind of shriveled up. The guy's probably like 80 and so, but I wasn't doing like an in-depth analysis. I don't want to sound like a homosexual. But I was very, I was very off, just turned off to the to the whole situation. I wanted to leave the gym, but I had to, you know, use the gym membership that I had. Okay, 
this guy was obviously a baby boomer. So I was pissed off. I kept walking right to the lockers down down the hall. I wanted to get as far as distance away from this guy as I could. I get down the hall, and immediately another old ass man comes out of the bathroom. This time, he's also butt ass naked. But he has like those little pool shoes, you know, because he wants to be sanitary, whatever. Same thing. So I ended up having to go into the 18 and under locker. And mind you, I'm 22. So I just went there. And sure enough, no men butt ass naked. Actually, there was nobody in there. So I went there. I just did my thing. And uh, all I had to do was put my coat in my locker. That was it. So I did there. That was fine. Nobody was in there. Boom. But it got me thinking, man. There, there. I see a lot of controversy. A lot of people pissed off at baby boomers uh, from my generation, Gen Z, on TikTok. And people just talking about how boomers are like, oh, you could just get a job and then you'll own a house. Where it's like they're really out of touch with like what's actually happening in, in the economy in the United States. Where like they're so far off. They've already had all their all their wealth. They bought their house for like a penny and a couple paper clips, you know. Um, and they tell you stories of how they worked at the the local grocery store and they worked themselves through uh, college and they paid for college with like their two dollar per hour uh job that they they worked at the grocery store in in 1922 like stuff like that just bullshit right and so obviously not 1922 but i'm making an exaggeration here and so i jokingly said to my mom last night put on fox news i want to get mad Put on Fox News, let's see. Just as a joke, but it's kind of entertaining. Um, so I, sometimes I like to watch Fox News just to, you know, have fun with it. And so then Sean Hannity played a clip from The View. And, and I want to get your guys' take on this because what this lady said, her name's Joy Behar, host of The View, one of the hosts of The View. She, um, she sounded exactly like I'm describing here. All of the baby boomers telling Gen Z just to, like, get a job so you can buy a house. Because then you'll be fine. Like, we haven't already been trying to do that. So, you'll see here. Alrighty. I'm going to have the video in the center. This generation, in defense of Gen Z, they're not hitting the milestones the way every generation yeah. before them did. They're owning homes at a lower rate. This is while 45% of people between ages 18 to 29 still live with their parents. Yeah. They feel left behind by the economy, and they also see everybody trying to not age. So oh, they please. Well, they had a job. No, but they, they have a job. job. No, they have to work multiple jobs. jobs. There's a million jobs, oh, job openings in this country. So they have a job. They they've staff. also lived through a pandemic. They've lived through the worst of times. I'm raising two Gen Zers, so Ooh, I want to oh. just defend them a little bit. I think it's a, a, a little bit less than they're so afraid of getting older. I think they're unsure of the future. Yeah. I mean, my kids well, also, none of us were sure But when you're that age, you don't realize that everybody was unsure about the future. Because I explain that to my children. I'm... It says in November, Whoopi Goldberg uh, criticized millennial work ethic. Oh, hold on. Um, we're gonna pause that now. Okay, so it said here we're gonna go back to this because I think this is important. They left us with a few quotes that I think are very, uh, very indicative of of the baby boomers as just a culture, um, and it's just it's very something that 
it's very telling of their generation because, like I said before, they're so out of touch. Let me get back on this here. For some reason, it, it got me canceled, like, out of the video, and I'm trying to get back into it. Alrighty. Alright, here we go. So, so Joy Behar, she says, um, why is it not letting me read this? Joy Behar says that, um, you know, they don't realize that everybody felt unsure of the future. Um, talking about Gen Z, um, talking about like, we don't, we're not sure about the future because of all the shit that's going on. Um, I mean, I, which I guess is a valid point, but then I want to go to another quote that they gave from Whoopi Goldberg. She criticized millennial work ethic in November. So millennials are the generation above us. Whoopi Goldberg, the successful comedian worth hundreds of millions of dollars, I would guess, said, I just want you to be realistic and understand if you want a house, you can't work a four-day work week. You have to work longer than that. Yeah, no shit. No shit. We were, we were the generation that when all the baby boomers that were still working, the Gen Xers, millennials, like we're the ones that had the most jobs in COVID. We're the ones that worked because nobody else wanted to. Um, so we, we scooped up those jobs. We said, okay, we were the majority of the workforce for a little bit of time. Now, I don't know if that changed. I'm not sure, but we were the majority of the workforce for, for a decent amount of time. And I feel like it's really indicative once again. I hate to say the word indicative so much because it's not, it's a high vocabulary word. But this is really indicative of like the baby boomers is just like a generation, right? So think about it. I want you to think about your uh, grandparent. Now, my grandparents, my family are cool. They're baby boomers. They ha they're not really lecturers like this. But I know a lot of baby boomers that are like this. <clears throat> so think about like your grandparents, your aunts, or uncles, your cousins, your neighbors, your distant relatives, um, your friends, your co-workers, anybody that's a baby boomer and see if this is like a trait of them. A big thing about baby boomers is they're very self-entitled. They, they are self-driven. I hear a lot of people that are children of baby boomers saying, oh yeah, I was a latchkey kid. Oh yeah, my parents never went to my sports events or if we had a concert that I was in or plays, they never showed up. They were always so busy about their career and focused on that and making money at their job. Baby boomers often are also selfish in the, how do I even say it? The breakfast culture. What do I mean by that? So I go to breakfast with my grandpa every Friday, right? My brother and I, we go. <clears throat> and I love it. It's awesome. But the majority of people there are boomers. Number one, because they're retired. Number two, because they've grown up in this culture of going to breakfast because they have money. And they have money because they hoard all of the wealth. The majority of the wealth in this country is taken up by baby boomers, which is not really a unknown fact. Everybody knows this. <clears throat> Because they came up in a time where the American dream was really working. It was, a, it, it was probably at the height of the American dream. Costs were low. Inflation was relatively obsolete. It was just out of the picture. Nobody, nobody really thought about it because it didn't matter. You could buy a house for a couple thousand dollars and paid in full. That's it. We could look up ads on here about homes. I've seen them before. And it was just a great time. Groceries were cheap. You look at the prices of cars and it's really cheap, just like old newspaper ads on the internet you could find because the baby boomers are the only ones who read newspapers. That's another thing. Wow. You want to talk about an easy way to kill the boomer, which is kind of terrible. Um, just take away the newspaper and they won't know what to do. Um, 
because the number one way they get their news is through the newspaper, this old-fashioned thing, and they complain that it's like 10 bucks per newspaper, but they don't realize that the economy is so reflective of this, 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 this inflationary state that we're in. And so they get pissed when their cigarettes are $8 a, cart, a carton. And it's like, you understand the, the atmosphere, the world that you have created by, number one, your spending habits. Um, I would say, number two, your reliance on the government. And then the number three, your reliance on these old school, um, what's a good word to, to say here? These old school like medias, right, or institutions. These old school institutions. That's why when you tell your boomer family or, or friends things that are happening, like, oh, we have all these never-ending wars. Like our country, I don't believe in what our country is doing in regards to war, and our country isn't the right. We shouldn't be. Our country isn't in the right. We shouldn't be continuously being in all these other countries like we should worry about home first and they're like no our government can never do anything bad our country can never do anything bad we're the moral authority of the world well no wonder you people got the, the just wall pulled over your eyes and you tell people these things the boomers these things and it's like oh it's, they say it's, it's conspiracy that's not real uh whoever i don't trust cnn why oh cnn the the the, the news why wouldn't you trust the news it's like what are we doing and then the need to lecture people like us about not working hard. Like, bro, I don't really care if there's a four or five day work week. I work for myself. All I know is a house that, and I remember looking pre-COVID, I remember looking at houses just to see. Bro, I remember a house that was easily like $120,000 where I live, right, in the Midwest. 2019, bro, it's, it's, it's nearly like 210. 220,000 now and it's just crazy because the scarcity of everything right and then you look at baby boomers and they're like oh why, why can't you buy a house I bought my house like I said for like a couple paper clips and a penny back in like 1922 and it's really frustrating when people say that you're not a hard worker because I work hard my brother who is also in Gen Z works hard all, all the people that I know my friends work hard uh and it's it's just really frustrating, man, to have this generation that is like so out of touch. I mean, just a in my opinion, the baby boomers are probably like the worst race of people, not race, generation of people, because you have these people that they, they literally took the world, the United States, when it was like at its pinnacle and through like electing numerous public officials for office, whatever office you would consider um, to buying products that weren't made in America excuse me, and uh, just showing the willingness to buy from these other countries to the point where CEOs and owners of all these businesses decided to move the manufacturing overseas, which would in turn make things cost more. It's just this whole thing, man. I mean, in short, they cost less, but in terms of all the production and stuff, and now you see shortages, well, it, now that makes it cost more because we're waiting and everything is supply and demand. And so now, that's why you see all these shortages, especially now with Biden. But just in general, bro, back in the 60s, I, I, I guarantee there weren't any shortages of anything. You see shortages of chicken wings. I saw shortages of potatoes, paper towels, tissues over the past four years. And it's like, 
that's how bad our economy is, man. And so it's just frustrating because I see people on TikTok. I, I see boomers lecturing to uh, like people like me on TikTok, and it's very frustrating. So here's something that I will. I also wanted to go over right here. This is a graph, and uh, this got 2.5 million views on TikTok, and I feel like it's it's worth uh, it's worth looking at. So I'm gonna put it on the bottom of the screen, and we're gonna roll with it. Here we go. So I feel like I should preface what I'm doing here. Um, this is Boomer. So it's a quote at the top of the TikTok. And it says, Boomers, uh, start quote. You have to, you have it so much easier in today's world. Just work harder. And th so this is, this is, trying to pause it. There we go. This is Gen Z's rent prices versus the average American income. So this was back in 1990 and then comparing it to uh, 2023 now it's the rent price versus the household income like you see on the chart so here we go Holy shit. Wow. Right, hold on. We're going to get here and we're going to pause it. Okay. So right here. Hold on. I'm going to play it one more time. Here we go. <clears throat> so this graph right here that you see, it compares the rent prices from 19 sorry 1985 yeah 1985 to the household income in 1985 and then they went all the way to 2021 or 2023 and so you see right here right it started zero and then you have the rent price um up at about 160 percent and then you have the household income only at about i'd say like 33 percent and so you see exponentially um, the rent price and, and the household income as well. But the rent price just completely shatters that household income and it keeps going up. And so the point this is trying to make is like for all the boomers that say, oh, just get a job. You're not working hard enough. Like, no, you don't understand. The economy isn't functioning for us. This isn't designed to work for us. The, let me preface this right now. The American dream and America in general. It's still probably the greatest place to be if you want to have a good life, but it's increasingly getting harder and harder and harder to make a life for yourself. And so look at the comments right here, right? This one guy says, I really messed around too much in kindergarten and should have been buying a house. <laughs> Another one, I should have bought a house in the 90s instead of being a tadpole in my dad's sack. <laughs> Another one, um, my biggest financial mistake in my life was not buying foreclosures at the age of nine years old. It's really on me. Um, what else we have here? Um, it's definitely the streaming services and Starbucks. That's another thing. And I like Dave Ramsey, but people like Dave Ramsey, boomers. Let me stop recording this.
people like Dave Ramsey and Boomers, they like to they like to tell like Gen Z and Millennials, oh, you're not working hard enough. You need to stop spending money on streaming services and Starbucks and all that. And, and you know what? Dave Ramsey makes a lot of good points. But a lot of the stuff he says is like kind of unrealistic. Like I remember there was one person that called in and they said, oh, blah, blah, blah. I live in whatever, let's say Southern California, right? My family all lives here, whatever. And he mapped out how expensive everything was. And Dave Ramsey said, okay, why don't you just move here? Um, to like the middle of nowhere in, the, the, in this small town in let's say Oklahoma um, where you get taxed at a low rate and um, you have a chance to like own more and have a better income well like that's really inconvenient for him because he has to leave his whole family you know it's just stuff like that and, and I like Dave Ramsey for the most part but uh, the the boomer financial analyst I would like to call them um, they're really out of touch Let's keep going, because these comments are funny. Uh, I truly believe the older generations didn't really work harder. They just had it easier. That's a that's a good take. I don't know, man. I think they did have it easier. Think about it, bro. Um, what do they have? What what financial hardships did they have? Like, every, all the auto manufacturers were here. We were still making steel in this country, so it was easily accessible. There was nothing really bad. We weren't really financing any well... We had the Vietnam War that was, like, relatively in that time in that time frame. Um, but that was more so the 70s, not, like, the 60s. Let's look real quick, because I am curious. I don't know the exact time frame. Um, Vietnam War time frame. All right, so it went to, okay, so 20 years. So it was in the 50s, too. Uh, November 1955 to April 1975. Huh. Interesting. But did we did we like provide any financial backing to other countries when we were in Vietnam? I don't think we did. It's not like Ukraine now. Which that's a that's a whole other thing. I don't want to get to that. But <clears throat> I also want to get to this point. Um which is kind of interesting. I don't know. You take it with a grain of salt. Okay, so boomers say like I remember there there was a there was a boomer, and actually I'll pull this up too because this is funny. There was a boomer comedian where uh, she was saying Gen Z doesn't even know how to uh, to write checks. Where is it? Um, boomer comedian. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. That's uh, that's just listening. My fault. Anyway, I'll just say it. I can't find it. So there was a boomer comedian, and she said, she was talking about in her stand-up, and she said, Gen Z doesn't even know how to write checks. Um, Gen Z can't, and just doing all the, like, talking about all these things that were, like, old, that you could do in, like, the 90s that was common practice. Oh, Gen Z doesn't even know how to look up a book at the library, like, stuff like that. And then, like, it was a guy that responded to it, and he was like, oh, um... You have a scammer on the phone asking you to give away your your social security card or your social security number. Oh, um, you need help to turn on the TV. Oh, you don't know how to get on the internet. Oh, okay. Which is like it's very true when you think about it, bro. Boomers love to complain how like we can't do things that are simple to them, like write a check, but. They are like fossils in the new... They're like dinosaurs in this new world. 
God forbid they have to get on an iPhone to do something. They're asking every every young person, any young person they can find. God forbid they get something new, like a like a new, like instead of having cable TV, they have YouTube TV, and they don't know how to do it. God forbid they get a call from a telemarketer asking for their social security number, and they give it to them because they're that dumb. God forbid, you know what I mean? They're just they they love to shit on the younger generations now because they're so selfish. They have lived their lives. They've driven the American dream into the ground, and now it's dead. Almost now it's dead, basically. And they feel the need to lecture the younger generations, particularly our generation, Gen Z, that we are not hard workers. And that we're complainers and we're not go-getters. No, we know how to do the majority shit in the world. Um, have I written out a check? No. You know what I do? I use Venmo. I send it. Boop, 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 boom. It's done. That's like speaking Spanish to the boomers. They don't know how to do anything electronic. I ran into this lady a couple weeks ago who I don't know why I had to get in contact with her. <clears throat> but I did. And I said, oh, I could just text you, boom, 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 it'll be quick. And she goes, oh, no, I don't text. And it's like, what? This lady was like 75. She's not even like that old and she doesn't text. Texting's been around for like 15 years at least. And you don't text. You don't even have a flip phone where you press the button a couple times to, to type whatever uh, P. You don't have that. It's like, these people are so stubborn. I've spent 24 minutes on this almost. This generation is so stubborn, you know? They don't, you know what? We don't want to work. You don't want to change. You're afraid of change. You have the same wallpaper on your on your wall that you've had for the past 40 years. You're afraid of change. These people are afraid of change. They're dinosaurs, man. Um, I mean, there's, there's really supportive boomers. All the boomers I know personally in my family, in my life are supportive. But these people online, these people at the gym, these people that are just like dinosaurs in this world that has been created in front of their eyes so quickly, like they don't know how to react. So I don't know, man. These, these people piss me off. Saying we don't work hard, bro. I'm a hard worker. I'm, I work harder than any of these boomers. Most of them, at least. The ones that just go to go to breakfast and they, and they sit. These people, I see them every Friday. Every Friday at 8 a.m., I see these people. It's all the same people. And it's like a miracle that they've got in because it's cold and icy outside. It's like, how are you How are you, dri- how are you allowed to drive? You hob- I watched you hobble in here on a cane, almost fall like five times. Like, how are you, how are you here? But they function. They, they, they still live on. So, and I, I'm not wishing death upon anybody, by the way. It's just the attitude still lives on. Anyway, who wants to talk about Taylor Swift? I want to talk about Taylor Swift. <clears throat> Rob Gronkowski was in the news today, and, and this is actually kind of funny because you haven't seen any NFL players, and I'll get a, the article up here. You haven't seen any NFL players that are like opposite of Taylor Swift and saying, like, why are we showing her all the time? But Gronk did, because Gronk's a man of the people. And so Rob Gronkowski said, there's too much Taylor Swift in NFL broadcast. He says, we want more football. <clears throat> This is a billboard article. And this is right here. Here we go. <clears throat> the NFL has become NFL Taylor's version in the past month. As Taylor Swift continues to make appearances at Kansas City Chiefs games to cheer on her rumored boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. <clears throat> As Swift continues to take the NFL by storm, Kay Adams discussed her strong presence at sports games with former Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski. 
While Adams said she loved seeing Swift throughout the NFL game broadcast, Gronk disagreed. He said, bye, bye, bye. It's just a little bit too much, he replied. We want more football. And here is the video. So some fans are starting to get tired of the Taylor Swift of it all. They think that their broadcast is showing her too much. Hey, do you buy that there is too much Taylor Swift coverage during Chiefs games? There is too, no, there is too much insecurity among NFL fans who are having an identity crisis. and like, this is mine, and why would we change this? Like, people are, like, they show her too much. It just gets boring. I'm sorry, but the game of inches that is football, like, the, 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 there's so little that changes in the game of football year to year, Gronk, that, like, I can't understand any argument that isn't excited about embracing a new thing, an absolute icon who's killing it for herself and the NFL, and bringing new people into the party. Why would you not want to, like, why would you not want to take that 6'8 Gronk wingspan and welcome everybody into the NFL? I don't get it. I would just say bye, bye, bye. It's just a little bit too much. Yes, I can show her. Maybe have her perform a song now since they're hyping her up every single week. But we want more football. Right? Like, if she's not performing at the Super Bowl, I don't want to see her. We're watching football. No other time has the NFL or any collegiate NFL, any collegiate football sport uh, or game showed a celebrity this much. Like, focus on the game. This isn't a Laker game. And even at the Laker games, they show the celebrities for a couple seconds. Okay, and then we're done. We're done. We're done focusing on them. Maybe we show a reaction here or there after like a dunk or whatever. But for the most part, like they don't do that. Like what? It's turning into the NFL Taylor's version, just like the article said. So I don't know, man. Gronk speaks the truth. I, I stand with Gronk. Bunch of dead air. Now, what else do we have on this list? Trump won. Trump won the Iowa caucus. He won, dude won 98 out of 99 counties. Could you believe that shit? I'm in no way a Trump supporter, but I'm most definitely a fan. Let me tell you, most definitely a fan. Trump is not the greatest politician ever, but he's the greatest comedian that ever lived. And, and, I, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Trump is the greatest comedian that ever lived. There's nothing like him, bro. There was nothing like waking up to a Donald Trump tweet at 15 years old, 16 years old, 17 years old in high school, driving to school, and then talking about it with your friends at lunch. Like, holy shit, bro. The president said this? Are you kidding me? Like, bro, did you see what he said? Crazy. I will, those will be some of my fondest memories of being in high school, being a, being a, being a child, being an adolescent. Um, fondest years of my life I remember when he he called out Kim Jong-un and he called him rocket man and he said yeah those rockets your rockets they're not gonna reach here talk shit ended up going straight to North Korea meeting with Kim Jong-un personally insane I remember when he called out Trump um when he called out uh LeBron and said something to the degree just shitting on him LeBron called him a bum and then he said LeBron sucks it was just so funny, man. I will I will never forget that. I will never forget it at all. And just some of the stuff he would say, we were like, holy shit, this is the president. And, you know, a bunch of 16, 17-year-old boys in high school. Um, like, oh, what a legend. You know, whatever. But it was just, 
it was just a great time. So yeah, it looks like Vivek is going to be his running mate. That's kind of awesome. I'm not gonna. I, I like Vivek. Uh, I like Trump. Policy wise, that's a different story. I mean, we could go into the discussion. Not even as a politician. I don't like any politicians really, but just as entertainment figures. I mean, these two are awesome. Both of them could give two shits about what anybody else thinks. And I mean, I don't know. They're just crazy. They're not not somebody that you would want to look up. I don't know about Vivek. I don't know much about him. But Trump, not somebody you would like your kids to look up to and say, oh, I want to be like him one day because, you know, it's Trump. But Vivek is like a younger, like, uh, person of color Trump. That's really it. I mean, they can't get Vivek on being racist because, you know, he's literally from India. So they can't do that. Or his... He was born in America, but he his parents are immigrants from India. So he's a person of color. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, person of color. He He's Hindu, so he's not Christian. You can't attack him on his religion. You can't. There's, I mean, there's nothing else. Like, <coughs> I don't know what you can attack him on other than, like, his policy, but that's not typically the way that the left likes to attack Republican politicians these days. It's more so identity politics, and he's the enemy of identity politics, so this will be very interesting to see. Very interesting to see. So he hasn't announced that he'll be, or Trump hasn't announced that he'll be picking Vivek as his VP. We'll see. Anybody but Nikki Haley, bro. I, I hate that bitch. I am not a fan of Nikki Haley at all. She's a World Economic Forum asset. That's another thing that I would like to talk to you guys about. The World Economic Forum. Have you heard of this? The World Economic Forum is um, is a group of people that get together in Davos once a year. I think it's once a year. And they discuss the ways that they would like to change the world. Very climate change oriented. Very DEI oriented. These are the people that said that you will own nothing and be happy. Meaning they want to take control of everything. These are very bad people, the majority of them. Very bad people. They want to turn the United States and, and all of the world into something that relies on a one-world government. If you've ever seen Star Wars, Darth Sidious is real, and his name is Klaus Schwab. He is the guy that runs everything, and I'll actually show videos of Klaus Schwab. He is literal Darth Sidious, like, in real life. This is the supervillain. And here we go. Real quick, this is from February, and this is Klaus Schwab speaking. He's this German guy um, who likes to dress up in like clothing just like Dark Sidious. There we go. Your Highnesses, Your Excellencies, esteemed participants. He's wearing a suit today, but listen. Chairman of the world. Government Summit. It's a great pleasure to be here. And Very German. Very Nazi-ish. It's the 10th anniversary, and the World Economic Forum is very proud to have been a founding partner of this event. Ladies and gentlemen... That's all. I, I just want you guys to hear his voice. Um... Because like he, Klaus Schwab is probably, he's somebody I've talked about on 
this podcast since it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Um, I've been talking about him for like two years, bro. Very, very bad person. He really wants a one world government. Him and and here, him and um, what's the name? Him and Soros are the two people that really want a world, one one world government uh, for more control. A very bad person. And so what I've been searching here, and I found it, was the World Economic Forum is involved in this thing called disease x now what disease x is is the next covid um being able to experiment with all these diseases kind of like what we were up against what what caused covid in wuhan in march of 20 or january of 2020 whenever it was stuff like this and so now they're backing more of this stuff so here's a tweet from this lady liz churchill she's a she's a right wing we'll call her a reporter it says Russia, right here, Russia has already warned us about disease X. She said she posted this video eight months ago. The quote in the, in the tweet, The American government is planning once again to release biological warfare on their citizens. This is what the World Economic Forums by pan, means. This is what the World Economic Forum means by pandemics. So we're going to play it. This is from Russia. Just like in 2019, the USA has started to prepare a new pandemic by looking for mutated viruses. We do not exclude the possibility of the U.S. using so-called defense technologies in an offensive capacity as well as in pursuit of the goal of imposing global control by creating biological crises. This is a 20-second 20, uh, clip, and it showed like the English translation from Russian. So disease X, this has become more of a thing here, and I'm gonna search this, and we're just gonna we're just gonna look at this, man, because it's very frightening to to have something like COVID come back again for control. This is from four minutes ago. Okay, so this is oh, this is an account, also an account on Twitter called disease. Uh, sorry, called the vigilant fox, another kind of like fringe right 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 wing guy. Excuse me. <clears throat> he says right here, disease X. The next terror campaign on the world is already being planned, says Dr. David Martin. In the quote, what they're doing right now is they're planning the sequence of events where they can actually cascade another terror campaign, terror campaign, which then triggers not only the need for allegedly another medical countermeasure, but it also this time is going to involve the other piece that they failed to achieve with the COVID campaign, which is the eradication of cash-based transactions. He continued, they blundered their way into COVID and unfortunately for them, they do not seek the full takeover that they wanted, which is exactly what is on the agenda for Davos this week. So Davos or the World Economic Forum is coming together so they can take what? Control. So we'll play it and we uh, we shall see. This is three minutes long. I don't know if I'll play the whole thing, but we'll see. Disease X, which you've heard about in the news in the last several days, is actually a branded derivative of a thing that was already a tabletop exercise called Cladex, which actually predates the Event 201 for coronavirus. But if you go back and you look at Cladex, you'll realize that Cladex is not just the brand name of a uh, tabletop exercise, which was funded by Dustin Moskowitz, the co-founder of Facebook, and the one who has been the ghost check writer behind all of the actions recently. It's important for you to realize that 
that Cladex is actually not only the tabletop exercise, but it's actually a venture partnership between Moskowitz and the Wellcome Trust. And the Wellcome Trust, for people not familiar with this, is one of the oldest criminal organizations in, in, the, in operation in the world. Um, the Wellcome Trust is also known as the, the, uh, the, one of the largest charitable foundations of the UK that in partnership with the Rockefeller Foundation by 1924 were the ones that collectively put in motion the process which came to 1944 and the proposal to fund the World Health Organization, which in fact they then funded so that they could actually get absolute immunity, as I've pointed out in many of my presentations in Europe. The fact of the matter is what they're doing in Davos is actually the dry run of the Claydex exercise to get ready for the passage of the IHR, World Health Organization Treaty, reform, which is intended to take over a supra-sovereignty on any declared emergency, which is the reason why my organization continues to maintain vigilance on all the 64 scheduled and funded pathogens that are in the queue for release against humanity. And that list I have gone over in many presentations. I'm not going to bore everybody on this call, but the fact of the matter is what's happening in Davos right now is the planning phase, not unlike the Bretton Woods summit was in 1944, July of 1944, when Bretton Woods set in motion all this nonsense. The fact of the matter is what they're doing right now is they're planning the sequence of events where they can actually cascade another terror campaign, which then triggers not only the need for allegedly another medical countermeasure, but it also this time is going to involve the other piece that they failed to achieve with the COVID campaign, which is the eradication of cash-based transactions in commercial interaction. Because it turns out that one of the things that they desperately need to do is to make sure that they have central control on the flow of value exchange and the mapping of the networks associated with that. And because of that, it's critical that they plan better than they did with COVID because they blundered their way into COVID and unfortunately they did not do the full control takeover that they wanted, which is exactly what is on the agenda for Davos this week. Let's get rid of that. There we go. <clears throat> so this doctor literally just said it. COVID didn't work. Because we still are able to use cash and have transactions that the government cannot see. And so that's what they want. They want a full control and takeover of your currency. of To see all your transactions, everything that you're purchasing, all your records, so everything can be traced. We no longer have privacy in this world. We have something called the Patriot Act. Everybody knows about the Patriot Act. We have cameras. I don't have a camera on my computer, but my phone is always recording me, thanks to the Patriot Act. Um, your, your, your camera on your laptop, your computer, is always recording you because of the Patriot Act. Your Amazon Alexa is always recording you because of the Patriot Act and storing information. And God forbid you have something, you say something that puts you at odds with the government. They are going to eventually start spying on you more. And if you do something which is like dangerous in their eyes they will come for you maybe not yet but eventually it's all because of this these people these higher-ups these billionaires we don't even know their names what do they want they want control 
And so the goal with COVID was to eliminate cash, eliminate transactions that they couldn't see. One, because they'd be able to tax you more, and the other one, because they do want control. They want full control over you. And so what do we have to do as people, man? Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, we got to fight it. We have to fight it somehow. And if we could raise an awareness of this to this, this little cause that they're that they're trying to conduct another pandemic, disease X. If we fight, the, if we fight this man, they, they cannot win. These people cannot win. There are way more of us than there are government officials. There's, there's way more of us than there are them. And so that's it, man. As long as we have cash, we can still spend cash. They're trying to eliminate this. Like the NFL, they don't they don't take cash anymore. So like places like businesses like that. So. We just got to keep fighting, man. That's all. That's all. So be prepared. If they do try to lock us down again, we got to resist because <sighs> the siren in the background. If they do try to lock us down, we have to resist somehow. I mean, this is terrifying. <sighs> but COVID didn't work. And hopefully disease X does not work if indeed they do choose for it to happen. So. Everybody, let's end on a less grim note. Um, I appreciate everybody for still listening, man. These solo episodes, they're going to keep coming out. I would hope that everybody would subscribe if you haven't already by watching this. And um, yeah, I apologize. I was supposed to have an episode with a couple guests. We got great episodes coming. But the problem was the studio that I was at. I wasn't able to get it. I'm not going to lie. So we are in the process for a new studio. And hopefully we'll be able to get that. Um, but we got great things coming forward. Um, so there's a lot to a lot to be happy about, man. If you're listening to this, you're still alive. And so you most likely probably have your health. But even if you don't have your health, you're still blessed to be on this earth. You still woke up uh, blessed to see another day. And so you, you more likely than not, you have at least one person that loves and cares about you, if not more than that. But th- there's a lot of things to be happy about in this world. This is, the, this is the bad stuff, but we have to focus on the good so that the people prevail. So I, I appreciate everybody for listening, man. And, and I, I'm just thankful that um, I still have a platform. I still have something where people still come to, to watch and listen because I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, so that's it. I hope everybody has a uh, great rest of their week, and uh, we're going to continue on this two-episode-per-week thing. And yeah, man, if you see a boomer, make sure to tell them that they didn't have to work hard um, you know, to get what they got. So <laughs> uh, everybody take care, and we'll see you.